Father, we, we do come again and recognize as we turn to your word and we are directed by that word, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, as we have read from your word ourselves this day, uh, there is the calling to a thankful life. And Thanksgiving for us is not a day, but a life in concert with you, in fellowship with you, in every facet of our lives, in our prayer times, in our dealings with our fellow men and women. We're grateful, Father, for the opportunities that are ours to show forth that gratitude in our dealings with members in your church. We're grateful for the privilege of being able to show forth gratitude in everything that we end up doing, even our eating and drinking, even what we might consider the mundane. But everything becomes an offering to you. Everything has that speciality about it because we do it to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a blessing, Father, too, to be able to, to come and give unto you the wholehearted praise that you deserve uh, as we give of our gifts, as we uh, give of our praise in worship, as we are attentive to your word that moves us to faith and hope and love in the lives to which you've called us. We're grateful that by your grace, amazing as it is, that we may understand the world through your word. We may understand who you are through your word. We can understand ourselves through your word so that we can live accordingly as we ought, that we might rest our salvation upon the blood of Jesus Christ, that we might serve him who has the name that's above every name, uh, who is uh, the one who has all dominion in heaven and on earth, who runs a kingdom that, that never ends, and of which we can be a part. And Father, without these blessings, which are, which are vast, which are deep, which are wide, which are long, uh, we would find that our, our gratitude and our thanksgiving would be wanting. And it would be less than true, less than special, less than full. And we're grateful that then we can find ourselves not only uh, being grateful to others or grateful for certain circumstances, but, but that we can be grateful to you because we realize that our, our circumstances aren't always as prosperous or as healthy or, or as painless as we would wish upon others uh, and that we would frankly wish upon ourselves. But Regardless, Lord, of whether it is in poverty or, or prosperity, whether it is in uh, seasons of plenty or of, of drought, whether it is in times of health or sickness, whether it is in times of, of great um, triumphs or disappointments, you're still sovereign. And your care for us is such that you promised us that you'll never let us go, nor will your Son, so that when Jesus tells us that 
We should not let our hearts be troubled. We see why. We see why we are to believe in You and believe also in Him. And so, Father, we, we would ask again in this day that You would accept our thanks that we can be in a place, in a country, where the idea, at least, of thanksgiving is one that has not been snuffed out, uh, that it is, in fact, one in which our very leaders have called us to give expressions of thanks. And we're glad we can do that individually. We're glad that we can do that among friends and family, uh, that it is a time where many are able to, to gather back with those that they hold dear. Not all can, but, but it is a time where that can happen. And that we could then take time corporately. We could take a moment, as it were, to express what is to be our lives a grateful life, a life where we are thankful that even if we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and even when we've seen moments that have been hard or bitter or have been a struggle for us or have brought disappointment, you've never left your people. You've promised that you'll never leave them nor forsake them. And the longer we live, the longer we can see how great is your faithfulness, O God, our Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. And so, Father, as we are mindful, as it is the presumption for us, when we think about gratitude, to be able to look back, because we've seen what you have given us first. You've given us Your Son. You've given us life. You've shown to us Your great deeds of old. We also can, in the moment, recognize that as You have been so great, and as You have not even spared Your Son, that You will graciously give us all things. So that even before we've received them all, we can anticipate those endowments with gratitude in our hearts. And we can show that forth, Lord, in our relationships with our loved ones, with in our, our in our work, that we can be grateful, Father, that you have supplied for us, but also that you will, so that we can continually say, You've been our help in ages past. You'll be our hope for years to come. And on that we can depend. And when we have such a dependability, then we have not only reasons for thanks for what you've done, but what you will do for us in Jesus. So may we take that to heart each day, dear Father, so that all the more, when people see us, and as we live before your faith, we'd show forth to the world and to you that you are truly a God who takes care of us, worthy of praise, worthy of thanks. May that be the hallmark of our lives that people see each day. May you accept our prayer. And may you also give your blessing upon your word today that it may stir us on and spur us on to love and good deeds. We ask, Father, that you would hear us in Christ's name.
Amen. We're going to take a few moments to read from Colossians chapter 3 this morning on Thanksgiving Day here in the United States. And we're going to be picking up at verse 12 of this letter and then read through to the end of the chapter. No, excuse me, to verse 17, I'm sorry. So it's a paragraph there right in the middle of Colossians 3. <clears throat> Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I always had to say that to always make sure I can find where Colossians is. It's just stuck with me. But uh, some of those letters can get kind of confusing as to where they all are. But uh, page 1253 in our uh, Q Bibles, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Here's what God's Word says to us there. Put on, then, as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And in verse 17, in whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Grateful for God's word this morning. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, most of us, if not all of us, can speak of a time in our lives where we could say, you know, if it wasn't for this or that person, I don't know where I'd be today. Uh, for you, it might be that you, you're saying, if it wasn't for my dad, or it wasn't for my mom, or you might be saying, if there's a certain friend I had, or a teacher. Or maybe it's a neighbor of yours or some colleague that you have at work. Maybe it's been a doctor or many. Or maybe nurses that you know. I know that I have reason to do that for the countless ways that people have been of help to me over the years. And certainly in this past year. None of us are totally self-made men or women. Some people like to talk that way, don't they? Well, there's a person that just made it on his own. Well, there's a measure of truth, I suppose, to that. But really, uh, there isn't anybody, if you think about it, that can't say to somebody, because that's partly how God's made us as communal creatures, that, uh, that they're somehow, one way or another, indebted to another. Perhaps it's that for that reason that some sort of uh, thanksgiving celebration is carried out 
uh, in some part of the world at some time of the year every year. It's the most, Thanksgiving is, is, is recognized as the most commonly celebrated holiday on the planet. And it certainly remains popular in our country as well, no matter what it is with which people associate Thanksgiving. Christians certainly can appreciate a call to Thanksgiving, for if there is anybody who has the right or the reason to celebrate Thanksgiving, if there's ever a reason to heed the call to Thanksgiving, as well as its responsibility, it's the Christian. The Christian spirit of Thanksgiving cannot, of course, be contained in a single day uh, any more than, than the appreciation of the birth or the death or the resurrection of Christ could be restrained to Christmas Day or Good Friday or Easter or an appreciation for a parent be reserved for one day like Father's or Mother's Day. And the reason for that, of course, has to do with the truth that Christian Thanksgiving reaches beyond the human relationships that we have unto the divine. And it spans all of life. And it's expressed uniquely through a unique person, which sets apart Christian expression of thanks from all others. As we'll hear, Thanksgiving is life. It's not just, of course, the day. We focus on the Christian spirit of Thanksgiving this morning, though, uh, to whom it's directed, through whom it's expressed, and how it does cover every moment and action of the Christian life. And I think you see all that coming through in Colossians 3, verse 17. We want to look, first of all, at the fact that the spirit of thanksgiving is directed to a particular person. To whom is it directed? Well, you know, these are days when, uh, well, we'll get to that, but you know, these are days when many would find it difficult to be thankful. Every year can be like that for different people, and maybe chronically so for people. It's a real challenge. It may be a time in which people find themselves in economic or or medical bind, or they're without work, or they're without a loved one with whom they celebrated Thanksgiving's past. On the other hand, others, even in difficult times, seem to find their work, and they seem to find most things going well for them and, and their family. At the same time, you you could start contrasting some Christian situations to non-Christian situations. And you might say on the surface, well, that, that it would appear that those who are non-Christians with their carefree life and, and oftentimes their prosperity would have more reason to be thankful than the Christian if you based it simply on the circumstance. So what does a person do? Does one need to wait? until things are better to be thankful? Can you still be a thankful person when others seem to have it better, Christian or not? Do you still want to be thankful? A passage like ours would say, yes, if I'm a Christian, I have reason, good reason, to be thankful today. And plenty there are, after all, who, as we've mentioned earlier, who we're able to be thankful to all kinds of people, you know, even in their hard times. But for many, you know, the plane on which their thanks remain 
is strictly a horizontal one. It, it's simply from person to person or human to human. You know, they can be thankful for their parents or their, their jobs or what they might call their good fortune or their good luck. Or they may be thankful for their health or thankful for good neighbors or good friends. People can find something for which to be thankful, but the thanksgiving for many never gets above the earth, does it? And it may be directed to a father or a mother or a son or a daughter or, or whatever or whoever. But for many, that's as far as it goes. It's not directed heavenly at all. And they might speak of gods or, or some generic god, but, but it's not necessarily directed, like in our passage, to God the Father. Now, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it's good for us to direct thanks to those to whom we, we owe so much. It, it's not a bad exercise, even on a day like this today, when you're sitting around the table, to, to uh, express to one another your thanksgiving for them, and, and of course, even to go even farther than that, uh, to thank the Lord for those around you. But that's the point, isn't it? But because in giving thanks, such thanks, the Christian also has grounds to thank God the Father. He or she knows that, that the fatherly care of his God in his providence has made use of father or mother, son or daughter, health and prosperity. Maybe even people you don't even, you don't even know. And he does it remarkably so. The wondrous works that he has done. So much so that all situations, so that they, they come to us, they work to, to our profit. So that when we're Christians, we can say that, that God is working all things to our good. The Christians, we, we see that even in the pain and suffering and the straits in which we find ourselves, we're not left to ourselves. We're not. We thank God the Father. Because for the sake of Jesus Christ, He hasn't left us as orphans in the world. He, he hasn't left us as sheep without a shepherd. He hasn't removed His grip from us. He hasn't abandoned His own. He's reminded us in life that we remain His children. So that even if mother and father were to forsake us, he'd still receive us. Our passage gives us a beautiful reminder of Thanksgiving's motivation, doesn't it? It starts by saying, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That's the preface to when Paul will conclude, and be thankful. God's electing love for us in Christ is the ultimate reason that we can always be thankful. If we have to wait until our health returns, or our youth returns, or our prosperity returns, or our loved ones return, or our fortune turns around, we may be waiting eternally. And in the process, waiting eternally to be thankful to God the Father. 
We must not wait to be thankful. The reason that we need not wait, nor should we wait, is that in good times and in bad times, when we are children of the Heavenly Father, holy and dearly loved, chosen from eternity, loved for the sake of Jesus Christ, we're always, we're always dearly loved. We stand in that grace every moment. Never does he remove his dear love from us that way. So as, as Paul ponders God's election, and he calls us to do that, far from being a, a clinically cold doctrine, election of which I speak, it impacts the believer onto a life of thanks. That's the intention. Because as the word of Christ dwells in us richly with truths such as these, thanksgiving then is the appropriate response you say, directed to our Father in Heaven for Jesus' sake. And that's why, that's why taking a bit of time this morning to sing in fullness with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, with thanksgiving in your hearts to God, and being filled with the Word richly is such a suitable thing for us. We take the time to direct our our thanks, not just to those around our table, as good as that is, but to our God in heaven, to through His Word dwelling richly in us and His electing love to us reminds us that we always have reason to express our gratitude to God outwardly, outwardly, because of His remarkable and amazing grace that works inwardly to us. And so the Christian spirit of thanks is, is one that's directed to God the Father. It's expressed through the Lord Jesus Christ, because the passage says, right, that we give thanks to God the Father through the Lord Jesus. We wouldn't, after all, be children of the Heavenly Father were it not for Christ's work and His Word dwelling in us richly. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. And that truth, of course, is why thanksgiving also belongs to the Lord Jesus, isn't it? Because where would we be without Him? Now, if we really want then to, be a, to live a thankful life, if, we're, if we truly want to be thankful, then Christ is essential. Now, now, that may seem like an odd thing to say, because after all, we just said a moment ago that, in, that Thanksgiving is a very common holiday in our world, Christian or not. All kinds of people are thankful today for things they have and things they do. And there's a, there is a, a Thanksgiving of sorts that's commonly out there, but, it's, but it always falls short of, of true and full things. They can be thankful for people. They can be thankful when things are fine. They can be thankful to an extent. But if that thanksgiving isn't also directed toward God or isn't directed toward God through Jesus Christ, then the ground for true thanksgiving is shaky. The ground for true thanksgiving isn't there on which to stand. Now, if we can be thankful to God, if, if we cannot be thankful to God through Christ, 
all is lost. All things are not working towards our good. And we remain enemies of God and, and, and our, our reasons for thanks are really very short-sighted, misdirected, self-deceiving and short-lived. Without Christ, the great mediator and intercessor, there is no true thanks, no matter how rich we are, no matter how healthy we are, no matter how popular we may be. And that's why Christ is so essential to, to your life and to my life. So essential. And yet with Him, and through Him alone. You see, this is going back to that, that subject in the first point. I've got every reason for thanks. And that's why the Apostle would say to us, whatever you do in word and deed, should be done and will be done in thanks as they're done in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the flip side. Without Him, well, what's the point of gratitude really? But with Him, every reason to be so in everything. And that really gets to the third point here too, is that our thanks covers every moment. Because it's the Lord Jesus, it's the Lord of all who gives us reason for thanking God the Father. And Thanksgiving may seem to be a tall order that way for us because you find that Thanksgiving is life for the Christian. Whatever you do, says the Apostle, be thankful. Whatever you do. You already have mentioned how that's our calling and our praise. In verse 16, but he expects that in our practice, in word and deed. Now in the context of our passage, we see some of the ways that that can be done, don't we? When we replace our filthy language and lying words with words of truth and compassion and kindness and humility, not to mention, of course, our words of praise before God and, and words of prayer. Those are just but a few ways, isn't it? in which our words can be words of thanks. And when our words are more and more words of contentment and peace, rather than grumbling and, and complaining, we show that our words in those ways can be words of thanks. Now indeed, we know that even our eating and drinking can be done that way. Such is surely what we wish to see occur today. We eat with prayers of thanks. We don't take these things for granted. We don't just plow in and forget the one who has given us every good and perfect gift. But, but we also eat as those who are grateful for what we can have when others have less or have little. And then we can give of our gifts like we do this morning with an open hand to those who have little or less as we give to the causes of Christ and not to do so with a compulsion but with a thankful heart. Our deeds that are done with regard to our studies and our homework, which, yeah, I, I know the kids are glad that they can have a break from that now, but, but you know, even our homework and our chores are to be done thankfully. What a difference, isn't it? What a difference when you get up in the morning. I say this a lot of times, I guess. But when you get up in the morning and you can look at the morning with a grateful heart. 
with an attitude of gratitude. What, what a difference when we do these things with a grateful heart rather than a graded one. And as we host others and serve others or bear the burdens of others and as we teach and admonish each other with the Word of the Lord dwelling richly within us, these are ways our deeds can be expressions of thanks to the Lord. And we notice that what is key to thanks in our words and deeds is to do them in the name of of the Lord. How often we find ourselves doing what we're doing just for our own name, just for our own glory, just for our own attention, just to pop the spotlight upon ourselves or, or for our own cause rather than in and for the name that's above every name to whom we owe everything. You know, no wonder the spirit of gratitude can be elusive then. God forgive us when we and what we say and what we do is said and done strictly for our sake, strictly for our honor, strictly so that we would look good and maybe others would look bad in the process. Thanksgiving is far from such a spirit, isn't it? God help us to take up our tasks, our words, with one motivation in mind. One, to magnify the name of our Lord Jesus so thanksgiving will be directed to God the Father. Do you have reason to be thankful today? Truly reason for thanks? Well, you do. If you've come to know faith, faith that tells you that you're not a child of God's wrath. You're not a pawn of time. You're not swimming and swirling in the seas of fate. No, you're... You're a child of God. And that despite your sin. You're not a child of God's wrath because of your sin anymore, but as, as part of God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, you're a child of God. You're a child of God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ who alone saves you from that wrath. And then even in the midst of your struggles, and struggles you will have, you'll have reason to be thankful. In your praise, in your practice, in whatever you say or do, you will. You'll be thankful. What you do, when you do it, in the name of the Lord Jesus, not your own name, because after all, where would you be? Where would you be without the Lord Jesus? Where are you without, with Him? Concentrate on that and your heart will be filled with thanksgiving. Amen. Let's take a moment to pray to our Lord in light of His Word. Our Heavenly Father, we are made aware again this day why we are to be grateful. Oh, it's, it's not first of all because the day we call a day that's gone well has gone well, but because we haven't had 
anything painful happen or disappointing happen. We had to base it all on what happens in our lives and in and of itself. Our gratitude would be fickle and it would be misdirected too, no doubt. But when we remember that we are holy and dearly loved, chosen of God, forgiven by grace through the Lord Jesus Christ, and we remember who's Lord of all. And we remember we're not spiritual orphans in this world, but we are under the domain of our Father in Heaven. He's going to work everything for our good, even in the midst of struggles, struggles that can be very, very difficult. We can be grateful. And we pray that we would be would show forth, Lord, in every aspect of our lives, every moment of our lives, what a tall order for us. But we realize you deserve it, as does your Son and Spirit. Because your good news for us and your promises to us and the things that you have done for us triumph over the things that we have to face each day. We're glad that we can come with a grateful heart and that both now and forever we can express that gratitude and the lives that we would live would be the better for it and you would be glorified as it ought to be from grateful hearts. We pray that you'd hear us in Jesus' name. Amen.